Hey, good to see you. Welcome back. I am just finishing up the edit on this video. I'm ex really excited to show it to you, but I do have to add a disclaimer that it is, it's a messy video. It's not my best video that I've made only because this was back when I, it didn't click that I couldn't show all the material inside of the cookbooks. I thought it would be super fun to show you guys all the pages and the recipes, the meat of the cookbook. But then I quickly realized as I was editing and right before I posted the last cookbook video that I'm pretty sure that's illegal and I can't do that. I went through and I added a bunch of text boxes and tech like shapes to cover up all of the pages that I did show in the video. I left the audio though. So a lot of this video is meant for the audio. I don't want you to be disappointed that it is a messy and kind of uh, video. If at least one of you gains a nugget of insight from this video, then it is a win for me. I will definitely be reformatting the next one so we don't have this problem again. So enjoy. What's up folks? Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you're excited for this. This book that I just finished reading, it is called Le Livre Blanc by Anne-Sophie Peake. If you're new here, this is our little cookbook club that still doesn't have a name yet. Maybe we will just continue to call it that. That is where I go through cookbooks that are on my shelf. I'm trying to get rid of them and I read through them. I write all my notes down, some recipes that I thought were interesting, some insights, some stories, as well as some things that I'm taking away when I read these books. And the best part is I give the cookbook away at the end of the entire video. Let's get right into the notes. The book is called Le Livre Blanc. It's by Anne-Sophie Pic, who is a chef out of France. I made the text a little bit bigger this time so you guys can read it a little bit better. It was published technically in 2013. It was published first in France in 2012. The build quality of this book is top-notch. It comes in a little cover that looks like this. So it has kind of like a cutout and you're supposed to put this inside of this and then you're supposed to see. So there are uh, multiple bookmark tab things. I'm a huge fan of that. That was great to see. If it's a book where you're mul you're, you want to keep multiple recipes at, at, at a glance, that's really helpful. It sucks when there's just one, especially when it's a big giant cookbook like this. I loved the frosted pages, the silver accents, the page, if you can see is silver. Format is unique and is split into seven different parts. The reason why she chose White, the color white evokes the delicacy, simplicity, and purity of Anne-Sophie Peake's cooking. It looks as pristine as a chef's whites and can be read as a manifesto of femininity. It also says in the kind of preface to the entire uh, thing that she demonstrates a mixture of calm concentration and constant anxiety. I think that was kind of an interesting mix of two things to put in the same uh, for a chef to say. The only thing that excites Anne-Sophie is creation, says her husband David, and he gives a ton of insight throughout this entire book. As per usual, I wrote down a couple of sets that I thought were interesting, leeks with green tea and caviar. That could be a really, really good combination. I think it sounds really, really delicate, just much like all, all of the recipes in this book. She is the only woman in France with three Michelin stars. That is an achievement in and of itself. Saying, quote, away from the ovens, some chefs find their inspiration visually, sketching and designing future dishes. Others make notes on cooking methods, drawing old recipes in order to pick them apart and make them anew. But at the heart of Peak's developing menus are two or three words placed side by side like paint chips to see if they go well together. And you'll see that as we kind of like start to develop these dishes uh, and we start to get into more and more of the food. Pairings dreamt up by her sense of taste, pairings driven by the desire to create surprise, to cause a reaction, and to create a harmony of flavor. Again, I'm just trying to kind of get into the, the philosophy behind exactly what it is that she does. Back in the day when she started off, it was her father's restaurant. It wasn't 
wasn't actually her restaurant to start. She didn't start by wanting to be a chef and then going into the entire thing. Her dad had the restaurant and his father before him also had the restaurant. So in starting off, she said, quote, I only had my palate. Her father had time to teach her how to use her taste buds, but not any practical technique, which is really, really interesting to me, where you start with tasting and then you develop the skill and the technique afterwards. Her success has been generations in the making. Again, her father, Jacques Pic, joined his father in the kitchen in 1956 and got three Michelin stars in 1976. And Sophie Pic attended business school in New York City and Tokyo, and that's where she met her husband, David. Her father passed away at 59 when she was just 23 and she needed to, quote, save the ship threatened by the loss of its captain. Her husband, her and her husband modernized the restaurant and they added the hotel and her brother took over in the kitchen. They lost her, their third star in 1995. A super inspiring quote that I found, don't be scared of the future. You need to create your identity. You can't buy experience, nor can you be given it. And that was said by her father, Jacques Pic. She just called up Bocuse for help one time with lobster thermidor dish and Bocuse responded, in cookery, there are just 50,000 recipes. The only important thing is that it tastes good. Yeah, super casual. Just call up Paul Bocuse. It's fine. In expressing her philosophy, she, quote, could have been lost in simply contrasting unexpected taste and shock tactics, but in order to steer clear of the well-trodden path, which pushes it towards completely new associations, which surprise, but don't shock. She emphasizes the lightness and delicacy of her dishes, and you're going to start to see this as we get into the food. Many say that no other chef in France used as many crayfish, truffles, and caviar as her father. That's an achievement. The restaurant is at the crossroads of the Rhone, Alps, and Provence, which allows for some pretty interesting product access. So she uses things like pigeon and sea bass and fresh lobster and turbo. She loves cooking stuff from the ocean, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> she says, I hate anything that's already been done. Well said. For those that think a woman can only represent the gentle side to gastronomy, it is worth remembering that she is one of the few French chefs to have succeeded in popularizing alcohol's use in cooking again. My thoughts there is that sexist in and of itself. In regards to the science in food, quote, nothing replaces feelings and experience. So this is her talking about all of the, basically the entire modernist movement. Anne-Sophie hated the taste of fish and seafood when she was younger, so she found ways to work with it as she took control by softening the taste of salty fish by slow cooking, gentle steaming, poaching in butter, preserving its shine and succulence. Something that I noticed while I was reading, steaming is definitely a theme, but delicacy is definitely evident in the food as well. So she uses that steaming as kind of a... You'll see it as well as some other dishes in the book if you end up picking up a copy that she also uses skin on techniques, which I thought was really, really interesting. Raspberry and cinnamon, that's definitely something that I've never heard of or seen before, but it sounds like it would work super well. She went by some pretty classic cuisine mincure practices. She replaced her father's hollandaise on the asparagus caviar dish with a smoked asparagus coulis. That was, if you guys don't know, the classic movement where a bunch of chefs in the 90s took a bunch of recipes that used to use cream and butter and egg yolks and replaced it with things like vegetable based sauces. Going into this book, there are so many sauce dots. It's crazy. But that's not to say that the food photography is bad in any way. It is beautiful food photography. So I was super impressed. It's just funny to look at that classic kind of French technique of doing sauce, sauce dots all the way around the plate. For those of you that are questioning why do sauce dots like that, by not doing a dollop of sauce and by individually doing dots of sauce, you're basically showing to the guests that you, t one, took the time to do it, and two, that you basically did it f 
all a minute because if you do tiny dot, sauce dots like that and you let it sit for too long, it's gonna dry out and make a skin. By basically flexing on people and showing that you made that many dots and then immediately served it to them, you're showing them that you didn't plate 100 plates at a time. You're plating one by one by one by one. It shows finesse. There was a surprising use of yogurt in the entire thing. Uh, she says, quote, I like the smoothness of dairy in the mouth and with the acidity which offsets that first mouthfeel. There's another dish that she had which was caramel, gruyere, truffle, and hazelnut. That sounds super bomb and something that I definitely want to try going forward. Uh, peanut marshmallow definitely could be a good idea to try. Another interesting set was lobster, strawberry, celery, green peppercorn. Sounded really interesting. There's a, there was a dish 38 and you can check that one right here. It uses the cauliflower trim or the little tiny florets here as garnish which is more or less like a powder. And I thought that was super, super interesting along with the florets. So it's that process you'll get where you have the little tiny couscous kind of things, but she combines two different colors and uses it as a powder and uses the florets. It's using two elements of the same vegetable. Her trip to Japan and immersing herself in it was formative for her, much like a lot of chefs that go to Japan. Quote, just as Peek tries to avoid French cliches, she doesn't import foreign cliches either. Each ingredient enters the Peek laboratory because of its potential rather than its traditional uses. She did an interesting dish of poached and then roasted poultry. I think that could be an interesting thing to try. I've certainly never cooked poultry like that before. An interesting set of game meat, brown butter, vanilla, cabbage, and game jus. Sounded really good. The classic herb chips, but made with tarragon. I thought that was a really interesting move and something that I would like to try. There's a recipe for babas in there, which is like rum soaked little cakes. I thought that was a really interesting recipe to have. So I took that one. She also has an interesting recipe for a shortbread that she grates. She'll make a shortbread dough with this recipe. She'll freeze it into a block and then kind of like microplane or grate it out onto a, a, a tray and then bake it off. I thought that was interesting. Oh my God. Ah. I'm just kidding. You're doing that thing from the book that I just read. You're a content creator. No. <laughs> and that's all I have for my notes on the recipes. Uh, and it's something that I wanted to mention. Um, I'm gonna go actually into the book and show you some of the recipes on the savory side. If you notice, I wrote down all kind of pastry recipes. So this is again, kind of like, as you start to work with more and more protein and more and more savory uh, dishes, you'll kind of get a feel for, for what you like and what you don't like and how all these recipes are good, but you'll interpret them in your own way and with whatever, whatever flavors you want to kind of highlight. So for example, th this turnip puree she has, right, is one kilo of turnips, one liter of milk, so that's a one-to-one, -one. coarse salt, fine salt, and, and black pepper. That's it. So to me, that's not exactly a recipe that you exactly want to have in your book, but it's still interesting to me. Once you get experience, it's to me, it's, it's better to get experience in a restaurant making vegetable purees and sauces and oils and charcuterie, stuff like that, and then use those principles to apply them to other savory items, where as far as things like cakes and other pastry related things like ice cream, you can't, it's better to have a recipe when you're starting with those ideas. Now going all the way up to the memorable, memorable dishes, the first page of dishes actually starts on page 26. So you gotta go through tw quite a bit of reading before you get to the first photo of, of, of a dish. Page 52, I had an interesting point when she says that she does a dish inspired by something called an il flottante, il flottante, and that dish is right here. 
here, and I did a little bit of research. The an Ile Flotante is a floating island, is what it directly translates to. It is a dessert of French origin consisting of meringue floating on, floating on creme anglaise, which is a vanilla custard. And then the meringues are prepared from whipped egg whites, sugar, and vanilla extract, and then poached. And the creme anglaise is made with those yolks and vanilla and hot milk, and then briefly cooked. Again, this is kind of her play on something where she makes it with apricots. And I thought that was really, really interesting. It is really, really hard to navigate around this this book because like this page, I wanted to find this page. There's no numbers. There's no numbers. So how do I know where to look? It was really, really difficult. I should have, what I should have done is use those handy dandy page markers that they gave me. So there we have it. That is my review, at least the things that I took away from Le Livre Blanc by Anne-Sophie Pick. Congratulations to Paulina for getting the Momofuku Milk Bar book on last episode. That was definitely into uh, savory land a little bit more. We are going back into Sweetland with the next book. This is gonna be a beast to get into. This is Elements of Dessert by Francisco Migoya. This is all on kit.com if you guys wanna see what books are in the club. You can also recommend books to me on kit.com if that's something that you guys are interested in me doing because once I get through all of these, I'm gonna start bringing in more that I wanna continue reading along with you guys with some more current books that are a little bit more up to date. Then after Elements of Dessert, we're gonna go right into Lestrance. So I'm super pumped for this. This one actually has two books inside of it. I've read a lot of this book already, but I wanna distill it down, get some a little bit more recipes while I'm a little bit more progressed in my career itself. So I'm excited to share those with you folks in the coming weeks. Thanks so much for watching. I'm Justin Kana. Have a good one.